To support this podcast, go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Any amount is appreciated. Once again, positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Thank you and enjoy the program. Almost like it never existed, but it fucking did. So do me a favor. Go f*** yourself. sarcasm.com slash donate any amount is appreciated also check out the uh, merch web page positive you can also use the affiliate link in the description down the bo- uh, down below for the weeble app uh, if you join using the affiliate link you'll get free stocks I'll get free stocks and that way you can jumpstart your account they have cash management available you don't even have to buy stocks you literally just have to fund your account and the uh, money will accrue uh, interest without any risk which is excellent uh also they have uh, robo invest they also have crypto for as long as that's going to be available uh etfs iras stock options all kinds of ways to get your investments uh kick so uh go ahead use the affiliate link in the description down below it is officially feeling like summertime here uh in seacoast new hampshire um uh, had a chance to hand out hang out with a bunch of friends everybody um everybody seems to be doing quite well uh, I generally, when I'm at parties, I kind of keep to myself uh, or get togethers. I kind of keep to myself. I see like everybody, like, first of all, if I don't know people or whatever, I just kind of, I'm always, I'm always like the socially or, uh, like the lowest one on the totem pole. So I kind of just hang out and stay out of the way. And I talk to some people a little bit, but normally my point of, uh, my, my thing is I show up with a big, a really big gift. That way I can just kind of hang back and let everybody do their thing. Uh, food was great. Nice time to get away. Um, Chase had a good time. He is fucking exhausted. Uh, he literally just full blast all weekend, running all over the place. He is uh, rested comfortably. So good weekend for him. Good weekend for me. Um, but I wanted to uh, – I didn't want to sit here and talk about my weekend. How was your weekend? I kind of wanted to shift and tell like a little story about like like health like healthcare. I generally uh, – I, maybe I bring this up every once in a, in a great while, but it's a good thing to repeat because it helps you understand why I think the way that I think about these things and my justification for the effort that I put in for like the basic stuff or as that guy on Instagram uh, coins, basic dude stuff. So my like distrust in the healthcare industry – now, it is the industry. They don't see you, to me, they don't see you as clients. They see you as customers. You are a customer at this point. Or you're not even a, pa- you're not even a patient. It's just, the, it's just the terminology at this point. It's not your health, to me, in my opinion, given everything that's, go- uh, that's been going on in the last 50 years of medicine, is not in your best interest. Therefore... Whether it's due to capitalism or uh, government overreach or too big a government or socialized medicine or whatever, I, at the when I look at all of it, whatever the reason, I don't see it in being your ever in your best interest. So back in 2013, um, I got sick. I don't know what it was, but it was like a summer illness where my temperature went up to like 102. I wasn't feeling right. 
like just obviously I sweated through the bed sheets like crazy. Uh, no other symptoms, other than, no no uh, uh, congestion or anything, just extreme exhaustion, high hard sweating, no vomiting or anything, just full on exhaustion. Stayed in bed, couldn't get out of bed, and just sweated during the summertime, mind you, through the sheets for probably a solid few days. Just exhausted. And I don't, I don't know what was wrong with me. I don't have – I mean, was it the flu? It's possible, but I don't know what it was. I never sought diagnosis on it, and it never happened again. But I lost a lot of weight. A lot, and most of it was obviously water weight, um, and lack of working out, and lack of nutrition. But it was because of the I was sick, and you know I wasn't getting what I wanted in my body, so it just kind of secreted. It was out, and it was, it was rough. Um, I was never worried about dying or anything like that, but I was just I was upset that it happened. Like, why would this happen? Why should this happen? Not me. This is bullshit. What can I do to fix this? Because back in like 2004, 2005, I was getting very uh, sleepy. So I'd go to work, stressful job. I'd go to work, get out at 5, get home by 6, pass out by 7 o'clock, wake up at like fucking 12, and then not be able to go back to bed. And then the cycle repeated. So I'm like, all right, am I eating like shit? Am I not doing anything? I'm, I'm fucking like 20, 20 something years old, 20, 21 years old. Why is this happening? 22 years old. Why is this happening? Why am I getting home at seven o'clock and passing out and then not being able to sleep? It's like, so obviously there's something off in my routine. So I started working out again and the whole problem went away. So the sleeping problem went away. Like you're not getting, I, I instead of... Uh, going home and just doing whatever I went to the gym and I just started working out sleep problem went away alright solved this problem myself by just being responsible having an active active, healthy body alright fast forward to 2013 I get this really sick Ill, you know this illness Don't and obviously something viral put me on my ass okay hadn't been to the doctors in a very long time was getting uh, was I getting my flu shots? No, wasn't getting my flu shots. So maybe I got the flu. It's possible. I went to I got, I scheduled an appointment, a first time visit, uh, with a doctor that I had through this healthcare insurance company that I worked for at the time. I got this visit. Um, his name was Doctor Christopher Braga. Works for Dartmouth Hitchcock. Yes, works for Dartmouth Hitchcock. Um, in one of their larger clinics down in the uh, down in southern New Hampshire, so I went there. Um, sat there. They, I don't remember if they ran any tests on me, but they obviously did some things like step on the scale. Here's your weight. Blah 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 blah. And then doctor, this doctor came in. We talked for maybe ten minutes, maybe ten minutes. Um. Asked me what was wrong. Asked me what happened. And he's like, okay, well, have you recovered and things like that? And it's like, I, I get, I think, I just, I don't. I'm, I said, and, and it's on, it's on record in my medical history, which has gotten, you know, quieter and quieter since this. Um, would you? Do you want anything? Do you want any medication? It's like, well, no. I, I want to know what can I be doing to better myself. Like, I want to. I'm tired of. 
I don't feel like I should. I don't want to be more physically fit. I want to be healthier. I want to do these things. He's, but there was no, there was no talk of that. There was no, let's go this route. There was no uh, uh, recommendations. So it's like okay, well, um, it really there was it was I was frustrated. I was just frustrated with the fact that I was sick, and there was nothing really there. So maybe about ten minutes with this doctor. No blood tests, nothing like that. No, no recommendations for anything. Just out you go. It's like okay. So we, were, I was out in ten minutes, and I was just like confused. Like I went and saw a, uh, a highly, highly respected, actual doctor, not like an APRN, but a doctor, like a primary, a primary care physician. The nurse, I mean, the, but I saw the nurse probably. I talked to the nurse way more than I talked to the doctor. And it's like okay. So. I didn't have insurance. I just went and got a doctor. Like I'm, I'm just gonna like, okay, I'll, I'll, this guy is he available? Okay, perfect. So no insurance, which is whatever. I get a bill in the mail a few weeks later. I've already like started amping up my workouts by then. Like I'm, I went to the gym for fucking eight straight hours in that day. Like I was off for an entire week. I took a whole, a whole week off and worked, worked just went to the gym for like six to eight hours every day. And it's like, I'm just going to lift, and I'm going to lift, and I'm going to lift, and I'm going to take breaks, and I'm going to continue to work out, and I'm going to scorch this body. Whatever, is, whatever pussy is in this body, it's coming out. And I, and that's was my goal from that point on. And I get this bill in the mail for $163 from Dartmouth-Hitchcock. $163. And I'm like, thinking about it, like, I went and saw this guy for... I met the nurse for about, I guess, 15 minutes, whatever. Sat in the doctor's office. Nobody in there. Just sat in that little stupid room. Nobody in there. And then this doctor comes in for maybe five, ten minutes. We kind of talk a little bit. And then, you know, obviously the time frame follows, uh, ends, and then out the door he goes, and then out I go. So 15 minutes with the doctor. Nothing really, no real tests performed. I get a bill for 160 bucks, and my mindset changed after that. Like it's like, wow, okay. So is this like how everybody gets help? It's like, do you want some medication? No, there's no, and there's no discussion on how to better yourself. It's just, do you want drugs? This is my preliminary uh, conclusion to having one visit with a doctor. So. I decided at that point, it's like, okay, I'm going to really learn, and which I did over the course of many, many years, what is the basic way to take care of myself? What is the basic forms of nutrition, the basic forms of working out, learning about the various diets, the lifestyles, what makes me feel, what makes me feel better? And eventually I started working for, I mean, it was the last place I ever worked for in the healthcare industry. I actually ended up working for the same company that this doctor performed it, performed, quote, medicine in. And I realized by seeing not only my chart, but people's charts and then how schedules are set up and how little time and how many appointments doctors have throughout the day, it's baffling. So uh, the way it's set up, it's like 15, 20, 30-minute blocks. 
you literally just go in there you go in your doctor and you go in there for like 15 for a follow-up visit or a first-time visit or a same-day appointment you go in you sometimes you're not you're not a lot of the times you're not even seeing your primary care physician you're just seeing anybody who's available and a lot of the times the person who's available isn't even a doctor it's like a fucking aprn advanced practicing registered nurse or some bullshit whatever it is so you're you're not seeing a doctor and now whether that matters or not is up to discussion for people who actually work in the is still work in the industry or people who are an aprn or people who are doctors not for me to decide but i'm just saying a lot of times you don't even see your own doctor like you'll go see another doctor or an aprn who's just happen to have availability but there's no personal connection with doctors now there really just isn't and a lot of them now don't even have their own private practices they're all joining large networks and they send out emails or or mail to their clients their patients saying that they are closing their private practice and they're moving over to this large hospital or this large healthcare network and they're like you can follow me over there it's like okay they can follow you over there but the second you go there to get your first appointment with them in the new network their slots are already filled which means you don't actually get your old doctor you just get to sign up with whomever's available so somebody who you've probably been with for like 10 15 years they're not even available anymore their freaking their client database is closed you don't even get first come first serve a lot of times so it's and getting to see somebody fucking forget it so 160 dollars one 15 minute visit with a doctor and looking at their their banks of like just like 15 minutes like this person to this person to this person to this person to this person day in and day out it's like well is the question was was my visit similar to other patients visits so working in this industry it's like okay my son has a, a, a you know a stuffy nose okay and you want to go to the doctor for that you're telling me that you want to take your son to the doctor the pediatrician with a stuffy nose during pollen and dry season or dry season so the kids don't want to shower or or bathe a lot so they don't get that hot water in their face you they don't clean their nose their nasal passages out with heat you don't have humidifiers going and they're getting stuffy noses so what do you want to do you want to take the kid to the doctor's office where they're just going to pump them full of drugs are is this the path we're taking is this the plan so i i was in this this was the same cases day in and day out and i noticed that all these problems that they were talking about were problems i used to have like i used to have uh, uh sinus infections every fucking year every year same problem same time of year i mean literally i would sit there and try to blow my nose for like an hour just the amount of mucus that was in there sinus infection because a sinus infection is relatively simple okay you have your you know you have your pores in your nose your sign your, your sinus pores they it gets dry okay when they get dry they're no longer wet they start to close up they clog up with bacteria it's like uh it, and, and basically 
the inside of your nose gets chapped because it's too dry. And then eventually, the inside of your nose cracks. And if it cracks, it starts to bleed. And then when it bleeds, you start to get the all the, mu the mucus and the dirt and debris and all the stuff in, in the pollen gets inside your nose, mixes with the blood, and now you've got a possible infection. Then infection spreads, and the next thing you know, you have a sinus infection. That's that basically how it works. That's your standard sinus infection, and they can get very bad. A lot of people will take things like Mucinex to dry out your nose, which essentially dries out the mucus and turns it into like fucking booger cornflakes, and that's how they solve the problem. Another way of solving the problem is making sure that you shower on a regular basis twice a day in heat, which opens up the pores in your nose and opens up the pores in your body, allowing for the bacteria and the dirt and the pollen to be secreted from your nasal passages, clearing out your nasal passages, your earway passages. And having a humidifier that is constantly putting water particulates into the air so that your nose, like a dog, stays moist. And I started this practice of blasting a humidifier and slowly but surely, my sinus infections went away and never came back. Never came back. I never had one of those blowout sinus infections ever again. And it's been like that for 20 years. Last one, actually, not 20 years, almost. My last sinus infection was 2006. It was the last sinus infection I ever had working for a car dealership. So solving the, the sleeping problem, solved it by weight training. The sinus infection problem, solved it with doubling up on my showers and humidifier. And then the flu issue or whatever I had in 2013. Went to the doctor, got charged $160 for basically n to do nothing. No medication was get given. Changed my diet. Went from like 160-something pounds. I fucking blew right up to like 182. Started going to the gym more. Changed gym memberships. Went from freaking uh, 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 Planet Fitness to Gold's. Wanted to get more weight. And then had a crash course in diet and lifestyle when I started competing. Had a lot of life changes, but didn't get – I got sick that time, but it was because I was under a lot of stress and I was losing weight rapidly and just different purpose. So doing that, working for the healthcare industry uh, for probably like 13 years basically, solving these problems myself, no doctor ever did for me. Uh, annual flu shots were required working at this hospital. So I'd be like, okay. Now, from what I understand, flu shots were essentially harmless, but at the same time, useless. Because the flu apparently has many different strains. It's bivalent, trivalent, quadrivalent, whatever the fuck. So the chances of you getting the flu anyways with a flu shot, because it's not a vaccine, it's a flu shot. You get it once a year, you got to get it the next year. So, it was useless, so I'm like, whatever, fuck it, I'll take it. It's not going to hurt me. Um, but seeing how the medical industry treated its patients, treated its customers, with the billing that was going on, billing was fucking insane. 
all the recalls that I was seeing, all the uh, health scam and news stories and drug problems. I was like, why? Why? What? First of all, why am I in, the, in this industry? Which I'm no longer. I'm fucking gone from that shit. But why are people so misinformed? Now, I do partly blame the patients. I do blame the patients. Now, I think the patients are ignorant. They're naive. But overall, I think they're misinformed, but they're lazy. I do. I think a lot of patients are lazy. So I partly blame the patients uh, for not really following common sense platforms of, of health and wellness. But I definitely blame the medical community. Absolutely, 100%. From the federal government's uh, uh, food pyramid chart all the way down to the pediatricians, I blame all of them 100% for how they treat their clients, for how they treat their patients. I treat the, and, and just the medical community as a whole, how they treat their clients, how they treat their patients, how they treat anybody, how the, the rules and regulations behind what you can do, what you can't do, the if-then scenarios, what you can say, what you can't say. It's all built by attorneys. It's all built by health insurance companies. You can't bill for this, but you can bill for that. You can't call it this, but you can call it that. They can only have this many uh, visits this time of year. So this is the same medical community that um, pushed for uh, health care mandates over the past couple of years. And all of this data that's been rolling out uh, concerning uh, you know, health effects and a surge in deaths and blood clots and all this other stuff and the possible uh, uh, mutations that took place with the original uh, strain that came out. People getting the jab in early January and February. Next thing you know, there's a new strain. Was whether or not that was because of people getting the shot during a pandemic Apparently there are there's a a rule of law for this that you do not start mass vaccinating people during a pandemic. So all this all these questions that are out there, there's two and the fact that we were told to shut up and do what you're told only justifies the questions and the studies and the conspiracy theorists even more. Now why people think like, oh, this is silly. It's like if you go back in history, in recent history, within the last 50 years, from the opioid crisis, okay, from all the other recalls regarding modern – that have involved modern medicine and prescriptions, from the same companies that were pushing this shit, did you suddenly forget that – these companies were responsible for some terrible, terrible drugs. But maybe they made some good stuff. Don't get me wrong. Dayquil and Nyquil, pretty good shit. However, if you drink too much, your fucking liquor, your 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 liver will turn to fucking jello. So, like, I you just go on, like I I check out top class action lawsuits, Cartiva toe implant failure lawsuit investigation. Nurses at UPMC-owned facilities may have experienced unlawful conditions. Regular talcum powder used to link, li, use linked to ovarian cancers. Ozempic gallbladder removal lawsuit investigation. 
Ezra Karen, Delsum Farmer Eye Drops, Contamination Lawsuit Investigation. There's just these are just front page consumer lawsuits. Uh, taking Zantac or its generic may create an increased risk of some cancers. Paragard IUD class action lawsuit investigation. Uterine and ovarian cancer may be linked to hair straightening chemicals. Heavy metals in some baby foods may link may cause ADHD and autism. Elmiron vision loss lawsuit investigation. So there are so many class action lawsuits out there and new studies regarding all the stuff that's out there chemical chemicals in your food chemicals or stuff that's in the drugs getting the they, the studies that are released are paid for by the pharmaceutical industries to look good and that data is skewed or hidden or buried and the federal government supports it they don't see a problem with it even though you get a lot of shit that's recalled the federal government, the Food and Drug Administration, recalls a lot of this stuff. They're the ones who approved it to begin with. So you expect me to believe that after the, all these medications that have been on the market for years and then all of a sudden pulled from the market due to these ungodly side effects, you're telling me that something that a couple of large, one of the largest pharmaceutical companies just threw together within one year, supposedly one year, is perfectly safe and there's absolutely no problems with it, and that I should be not only encouraged to take it, but forced to take it. How about the fact that I took care of my sinus infections myself, my sleeping problems myself, my physical, my physicality myself? I took care of all that stuff myself. The things that my father father passed away from are things that I most likely will never have to fear because I've taken great steps in making sure that I'm taking care of myself. These people that I hang out with, these old these old fucking juice monkeys, they're all completely healthy. They're all very very well taken care of themselves and the fact that whether or not they were it concerns me that some of them were absolutely forced into into a position where they had to compromise their own health. It concerns me greatly that shortcut me- that that shortcut medicine is taking over the industry. Shortcut medicine. So a perfect example is uh, if you've heard of semiglutides or if you've heard of Ozempic. Ozempic is a semiglutide medication that supposedly helps significantly with weight loss. So here's the perfect. Okay, so. According to the U.S. Food and Drug Administration, and I will, I'll pull up the, uh, the article monitor so you can see exactly what I'm reading. So semiglutides, Ozempic being one of them, belongs to a class of medications known as glucagen-like peptides, or GLP-1s, receptor ag- agonists. It mimics the GLP-1 hormone that is released in the gastrointestinal tract in response to eating. The role of this uh, hormone is to prompt the body to produce more insulin, which produces blood glucose. Uh, this hormone in higher amounts also interacts with parts of the brain that reduce appetite and a signal of feeling of fullness. Um, there's also things like leptin and ghrelin. Those levels also dictate how you, when you feel full, when you feel hungry. There are currently three FDA-approved semiglutide products. Ozempic injection and ribelsis uh, tablets are approved to lower blood sugar levels in adults with type 2 diabetes mellitus. 
In addition to diet and exercise, Ozempic is also approved to reduce the risk of heart attack, stroke, or death in adults with type 2 diabetes, mellitus, and known heart disease. Wegovy injection is approved to help adults and children aged 12 years or older with obesity or some adults with excess weight, overweight, or also have overweight-related medical problems to lose weight and keep the weight off in addition to diet and exercise. In addition to diet and exercise. All three medications are only available with a prescription and there are no approved generic versions. So this is all designed for people with type 2 diabetes. Type 2 diabetes is not genetic. Type 1 diabetes is genetic. And yet there are ways to combat, excuse me, combat type 1 diabetes. Type 2 diabetes is 100% on the person. They put themselves in that position. There's no other way around it. I cannot say it any more clear. Type 2 diabetes is self-induced. You did it to yourself. As Bill Burr says, you ate your way in, you ate your way in, you can walk your way out. It is 100% your fault, nobody else's. And you thinking that a semi-glutide or ozempic is your answer. That is the answer to your prayers. Well, we will read on and we will see exactly if that is true. So what is compounding? Drug compounding is the process of combining, mixing, or altering ingredients to create a medication tailored to the needs of an individual patient. Compounding includes the combining of two or more drugs. Compounded drugs are not FDA approved, and the agency does not verify the safety or effectiveness of compounded drugs. Can semiglutide be compounded? When a drug is in shortage, compounders may be able to prepare may be able to prepare a compounded version of that drug if they meet certain requirements in the food FDA. Uh, active, blah, blah, blah. Ozempic are both listed in drug shortage lists. Are there concerns with the compounded semiglutide? The FDA has received uh, has received adverse event reports after patients use compounded semiglutide. Patients should not use a compounded drug if an approved, approved drug is available to treat patients. Patient and healthcare professionals should understand that the agency does not review compounded versions of drugs. Additionally, the FDA has received reports that in some cases, compounders may be using salt forms of semiglutide including semiglutide sodium and semiglutide acetate. The salt forms of the uh, the salt forms of different active ingredients then is of then is used are different active ingredients than is used in the approved drugs which contain the base form of semiglutide. The agency is not aware of any basis for compounding using the salt forms that would meet the FD and C requirements for type types of active ingredients that could be compounded. So um Basically, a lot of you know legal speak about what patients should know. So, medications containing semiglutide marked for type 2 diabetes or weight loss. So, it essentially is a weight loss drug. Physical body losing weight. Now, the, there also are reports coming out that semiglutide, however, it is not actually causing body fat loss. That's the problem. It is, there are studies and there are questions concerning whether or not that a semiglutide is causing bone and muscle loss. So overall weight loss could be a result of you losing muscle and bone density. That is a recipe for disaster. So one of the latest class action lawsuits that's been coming about is Ozempic gallbladder removal lawsuit investigation. This is courtesy of Bridget Honecker, and this was just pre, uh, this was purchased at the, uh, published just a couple weeks ago. So 
did you take Ozempic? Did you develop gallbladder problems after taking Ozempic? Did you need to have surgery to have your gallbladder removed? Uh, an August 2020 review of FDA reporting data revealed that Ozempic and other drugs in the same class were linked to an increased uh, increased incidence of gallbladder disease. Many patients in the reviewed cases were forced to undergo surgery to have their gallbladder removed due to Ozempic gallbladder problems. Unfortunately, a few patients died. Consumers who took Ozempic and later developed gallbladder problems may be able to take legal action. Ozempic gallbladder lawsuit could help patients and their families recover compensation for medical uh, blah 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 lost wages wrongful death and other damages. So, semiglutide Ozempic is a type 2 diabetic medication that is injected once a week to lower blood sugar levels and reduce risk of cardiovascular problems. Ozempic has recently gained popularity as a weight loss drug, so a short a shortcut. Although this use hasn't been approved by the FDA, Ozempic may cause a range of mild side effects including gastrointestinal problems headache, dizziness, fatigue, injection site reactions, and a minor increase in heart rate. The drug also may also lead to more serious side effects, including diabetic uh, retinopathy, damage to blood cells and blood vessels in the eyes, kidney problems, pancreatitis, low blood sugar, allergic reactions, increased thyroid cancer risk. Recently, Ozempic has been linked to serious gallbladder problems. Uh, in 2022, the review reporting diabetes, blah, 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 blah Receptor agonists may be linked to gallbladder problems such as acute gallbladder disease. Acute gallbladder disease, also called acute col uh, cholecystitis, occurs when the gallbladder, which is a bile gland that helps digest fat in the intestines, swells. Acute gallbladder disease can cause severe pain in the upper right of or center abdomen, which may spread to the right shoulder or back. The gallbladder may become inflamed due to gallstones, hard particles that develop in the gland and block the bile duct. Gallstones can lead to a buildup of fluid causing inflammation. Other causes of cholecystitis include tumors, infections, and severe illnesses. In many cases, cholecystitis is treated by removing the gallbladder. Although gallbladder surgery can be done uh, laparoscopically to minimize recovery time, recovery can still take weeks and involve significant pain. In addition, the, gall the lack of a gallbladder can force lifelong dietary changes since the body can no longer digest fats as efficiently. Digesting fats. Fats are one of the most quintessential. Oh, who was it? Dr. Eric Berg, I think. Let me go back to that. Um, unfortunately, research. Yeah. So if you can't digest fats anymore, you have to basically fucking switch your whole diet up. Uh, let's see. Can still take weeks involved. Additionally, gallbladder force lifelong changes. No longer digest fats as efficiently. Unfortunately, research suggests that some ozempic patients may undergo gallbladder removal due to cholecystitis. According to the review of the FDA's reporting system, 36 patients developed acute gallbladder disease between 2005 and 2016 while taking drugs like Ozempic, which is, you know, Ozempic is like the latest craze, by the way. 42% of the cases include disease onset, involved disease onset within 90 days, within 90 days of starting treatment with the drug. The majority of the cases were treated with gallbladder removal, but unfortunately, three acute gallbladder diseases cases resulted in death. Although a warning label was added to the Ozempic for gallbladder problems in March 2022, consumers who took Ozempic before this and developed cholecystitis were not sufficiently warned of the potential side effects. Hence, the lawsuit. So, fucking the latest and greatest uh, uh, fashion tre uh, trendy drug that's out there apparently is could be related to some acute gallbladder deaths, gallbladder-related deaths. 
Who the fuck makes Ozempic? Check that out. Warning, risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Holy shit. Dosage forms. Who makes Ozempic? Um, let me back up here. Oops, excuse me. Come on, get back here. Ozempic, who makes this shit? Uh, Medline Plus, semiglutide. Let's see. Semiglutide sold in the brand names Ozempic. We go blah, blah, blah. blah. Oh, I looked up semi-glutide. I'm sorry. Let's see. Oh, Ozempic. <laughs> Amy Schuver says she stopped taking Ozempic. Isn't livable for me. Well, okay, good. Go back to being fat. Nobody likes you Uh Once weekly semi-glutide. Holy shit. Look at her all fucking smiling and stuff. I swear, like, drug commercials should be fucking banned. They really should be banned. And doctors that recommend this shit should fucking have their licenses revoked. Um, who... Who makes this? That's what I want to know. Who makes Ozempic? Who makes... Ozempic. Uh, Norvo Nordisk? Yeah, so Norvo Nordisk. That's what they make. That's who makes this shit. What else do they make? What other products does this company make? So they make uh, diabetes, pen needles, chronic weight management, rare disease product patients. So uh, products for diabetes. Okay, so this is this is what they are: Novolin, insulin, insulin injections. The prices of insulin have gone through the fucking roof too. It's a goddamn monopoly. So, my my issue with this is once again, shortcut medicine is ta has con is continuing to take over the industry. Just like when they started pushing uh, pharmaceuticals on you or antidepressants and anti-anxieties. Basically, I'm not, I'm not feeling happy. I should be feeling happy all the time. No, you're not. Any fucking any psychologist worth their fucking half their salt would tell you you're not supposed to feel happy all the time. You're not supposed to feel happy when you're committing a school shooting. Sadness and struggle and pursuit of meaning are some of the most important things in life. The idea of struggling and, and tr working hard to achieve something is it brings you that moment of happiness or that moment of clarity or that moment of satisfaction or that moment of peace. And these people performing these, uh, uh, what do you call it, these fucking, these shortcut, creating these shortcut medications – well, first of all, the FDA is run by a bunch of people by people who used to either work for these companies or after they're done working for the FDA, they go over to these companies. They go back to work for Pfizer. Or they go back to work for Novavax or they go to work for Johnson & Johnson. That's what they do. And it's a back and forth thing. And it's a huge conflict of interest. Huge conflict of interest. But 
where's the outrage? It's just a, but it, it's a, it's an ever revolving door. We can't keep track of any of it. So seeing it from the inside, knowing that this short kept medication is not good for you. So first of all, uh, I can look this up actually. I'll, I'll back it up. So, um, semi, oops, excuse me, glutide bone loss. So, all right, here it is. Ozempic may make your bones and muscles weaker. It's the effect of semiglutide on bone turnover. The uh, effect of semiglutide on bone turnover in patients. What happens to your body composition in Ozempic? The impact of GLP and agonists on bone metabolism. The impact of glucogen-like peptides. Another semiglutide side effect, loss of muscle mass. Reduces excess body fat in people with obesity. How to get, like, yeah, so it's all, it's all in there. So here, we'll just click on the first one from Healthline. Here it is. Rapid weight loss from taking GLP-1 medications like Ozempic and Wibi can cause a decrease in muscle mass, lessen bone density, and lower your resting metabolic rate, leading to sarcopenia. Sarcopenia is the gradual loss of muscle mass, strength, and function, and is typically associated with aging. So it allows you to age faster. Great. Look forward to the gray hairs. Lifestyle changes such as increasing protein intake and incorporating strength and resistance training can help combat muscle and bone density while taking GLP-1 medication. How about... Your lifestyle changes such as increasing protein intake and incorporating strength and resistance training can help muscle combat muscle and bone density loss regardless of without taking GLP-1, meaning that you don't have to take it. So if you just do that third bullet point right there, if you do this bullet point, lifestyle changes such as increasing protein intake and incorporating strength and resistance training can help combat muscle loss and bone density loss as you age. Period. End of sentence. According to clinical trials of Zimpic, after 68 weeks on the medication, 86% of participants lost 5% or more of their body weight, and 69% lost 10% or more of their body weight. Body weight. Okay, great. So that's what they state. But in all of this, it talks about possible. It talks about muscle and bone density loss. Your bones basically becoming fragile. And, and an older person, somebody who's probably in like their 30s or 40s or 50s, taping, taking something like this when their body is already fragile could prove disastrous for them overall. But like I, this perfect that, – that bullet point says it all. It's you taking responsibility for yourself like I did in 2005, like I did in 2013, like I did in 2018 – after my father passed away, all the things that I knew needed to be done and learned about from the old-fashioned way of just doing th doing the hard work, I don't have to be on these medications. Another perfect example was when I was younger and they were filling me full of Ritalin and my fucking armpits would just drip sweat while taking Ritalin or Concerta. And then I stopped taking it and the problems went away. And I'm like, fuck it. I'm just going to graduate high school without this shit. I can do this. I am not fucking stupid. And it wasn't that I wasn't – I had ADHD. It was that school was fucking boring and school sucked. I proved that and still ended up graduating. It wasn't an easy task. I still got through it though. I still got through it. So – Many, many times in my life, learning to do shit myself was the best drug. That was the best medication. That was the best course of action for me physically. 
Not this 15-minute visit that cost me $160 with fucking Christopher Braga. No, that was a complete waste of time and money. And any other person who goes that route, you're doing something wrong if you have to go see these doctors. There are people out there, there are doctors that you absolute doctors and nurses that are absolutely of value. Birthing nurses are valuable. OBGYNs, extremely valuable. Uh, midwives, extremely valuable. Absolutely valuable. Arthroscopic doctors that help with, you know, shoulders and there's there are people out there that are extremely valuable in the medical community. But every single day, a little bit more of, of those areas get hijacked just a little bit more and a little bit more from woke bullshit or administrative excess or new health guidelines. Remember, remember the Food and Drug Administration still looks at like heavy amounts of carbohydrates sub subsidized by the corn industry as the key nutrition for your health. The monocrop agriculture, the over nitration, over nitrogen, uh, no over over nitrogenation of the soil. All this shit, the vegan diet, this stuff is terrible for you. Absolutely terrible. You can't trust the medical community anymore. You can't. It's full. The NIH, the CDC, the FDA. Three different acronyms, and you can't trust a single one of them. So. What are you to do? What are you to do? Like, first of all, you're looking for weight loss medications. There's a lot outdoor medications. There's a lot of supplements that assist in that. They assist in that. Like like DHEA, like caffeine, like cinnamon, or and, and all these other things combined. Just little things that assist with your ability to have energy or uh, assist with metabolizing sugar and getting it out of your body. And then, of course, the food that you take in. Not this fucking injection. How light do you want to be? And this whole new uh, healthy at any body weight, um, healthy at any size movement is so toxic. Like Lizzo? Lizzo is a fat shit. Okay? I don't give a fuck. Lizzo is a fucking fat shit. And not healthy. She is not a... She's obviously not a role model. Obviously not a role model. But this is not a person you should look to for health information. Maybe... Oh, great. Maybe she's a great singer or artist. Fine. Whatever. She's not a, she's not a person you look to for health advice. You don't look at a picture and go, I want to look like her. You want to look like a fucking a circus? So, these are, these are not the people you want to trust. And you know what? The, the, the medical community is no exception. And it's getting worse. Because the health insurance companies dictate what the medical community does. How it bills. How it sees the patients. How long it sees the patients. And they're even making it harder for guys who are starting to use TRT, testosterone replacement therapy, harder for them to get their prescriptions for TRT with low testosterone brings on a fucking shitload of health problems, health complications for men. Sure, you can get it if you're fucking trying to switch your gender from female to male, but God forbid you have low testosterone as a male. And now apparently there's speculation about possibly moving, like if you're going to, every time 
you go to uh, get your prescription for TRT or have it sent to your house, you have to have a follow-up visit with your doctor. It's such a waste of time. People have jobs and commitments and relationships and family and things to do. They don't have time to be scheduling follow-up visits just to get their shit. There are people that rely, like people like ty- people with type 1 diabetes, they need their insulin. People who have low testosterone, they need their TRT. That stuff's important. We're making it harder for those people to just live normal lives and get back to basics. There are things that you have to do when taking TRT. You have to work out. You have to change your life. They do, they do endocrinology checks on you and blood tests and all this stuff to make sure that you are indeed doing the things you, do, you need to do in order to get to a specific level and then supplementing that gap in your in your testosterone with trt or with other hormones and it makes you much healthier it gets you back to being a normal person it's extremely frustrating to see this day in day out different drug different recall different lawsuit every single day what is it going to be like 10 years from now hopefully when the lawsuits start coming out about the COVID shot, what is it going to be like? How are those lawyers going to parade around this fucking diplomatic immunity of the drug companies who said, hey, we will sell you billions and billions of dollars of these shots, but we want full immunity from the government. We can't be sued. Because we're giving you the, we're giving these out to free. We're not, obviously. If the government's paying for it, that means the taxpayers are paying for it. You absolutely, in my opinion, being 13 years, health insurance, health care, and durable medical equipment, spending all that time in the community, I can tell you the entire system, from top to bottom, is completely fucked. Now, do I go to do I go to nurses and and, and uh, uh, doctors and say this to their face? No, I don't go and say it to their face. It doesn't solve anything. A lot of them know what the problem is, but I'll tell you this much: when a doctor tells you you need to do this, this, and this, and you look at them and they look like a fat lump of shit, you know you can't trust a fucking word they're saying. There's some great nurses out there. Some great nurses who do great things that are willing to jump on a patient's chest whenever they fucking uh, go flatline. There are also some nurses out there that I've met along the way, just coked out of their fucking mind. Nurses that are just coked up whores. I know them. I can name them right off the top of my head. So, it's just like any other industry. You have your good, your bad, and your ugly. But the industry from top to bottom is so completely broken, you can't trust it. You really can't. You You just can't. And this is another example of shortcut medication, shortcut healthcare that is causing significant side effects and death in patients. And this, like everything else, they'll make a shit ton of money and they'll take a little of it, pay off the lawyers and settle this out of court and move on with their day. That's how it's going to go. I'm calling it now. We are at 50 minutes. I'm going to go ahead and close up shop on this week's podcast. Uh, if you have any questions, concerns, or comments, you can go directly to my website and contact me there at the contact page. Uh, you hit me up on Instagram at positive underscore sarcasm. This is that this this video version is now officially uh, exclusive to Rumble. So if you want to watch this program, 
Go to rumble.com. Look up Positive Sarcasm. I'm done with the Facebook thing. They don't even know what a fucking MPEG is. They don't even know how to upload an MP4. So I am all set. I'm just going to upload the clips when I make them and get them up to Instagram and Facebook. But as far as the full version of this podcast, the video version is exclusive to Rumble. The audio version is anywhere podcasts are available. At my website, streamable and downloadable at my website, positivesarcasm.com. Uh, Spotify, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Podcast Addict, also on Substack, anywhere where you can get the audio, it's available. So there you have it. Uh, that's pretty much it I have for you this week. I wanted to uh, basically beat a dead horse, and uh, there you go. So if you have questions, concerns, or comments about what I'm talking about, hit me up or just email me directly, positivesarcasm at outlook.com. In the meantime, I'm, I'm actually pretty hungry. Thank you for listening, watching, and subscribing, and I'll talk to you all next week. Recorded here from the Spare Parts Studio, this has been a Positive Sarcasm presentation.